In just a moment, we're going to watch a video of our, our friends and loved ones who passed away in the last year. And uh, we celebrate where they're at even though we miss them. Amen? Uh, the Christian looks at this a little bit different. This is one of these faith issues that we're going to talk about today and in the days ahead. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it, the people of old received their commendation. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous. God commended him by accepting his gifts, and through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he would not see death, and he was not found because God had taken him. Now before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Father, we thank you for your word today and pray you'd let it come alive inside of us as we begin to look at this, uh, this important part of our walk with you, faith. Help us today in Jesus' name. Amen. Wow. When I watch uh, something like that, so many stories go flooding uh, through my mind of people that I've uh, been around this fellowship, so many of them for so, so many years. And uh, in fact, we had uh, uh, two more uh, funerals this week. Uh, one of our charter members, Wanda Clark, passed away a week ago, and her funeral was this week. And uh, William Van Pelt, who raised his boy through our school from, in fact, he was in, his boy was in a, a preschool and in, in daycare all the way through to graduating high school, uh, passed away this week. When facing death, we have uh, really, as, as humans, uh, we have two choices. See, what we think about and, and how we see life is important. We really have two choices of, of, of what to believe at death. One is that death is the end. That's it. Life and existence, over. The essence of that person is gone. They are forever silenced. We'll never see them again. And when we face death, it's all over. I remember on my 16th birthday, part, my 16th uh, birthday, we'd gone out with a bunch of uh, kids from the, the church and some of our youth group leaders were there and there was a guy there who's a great friend of our family to this day and, and uh, he looked at me as we were saying we were in Pizza Hut remember that Pizza Hut down on 6th Street right in the middle of that Pizza Hut back there years ago and he, he says to me uh, well you're a fifth of the way to 80 <laughs> now listen I had I, I was a pastor's kid so I had grown up uh, going to funerals. Now, I've been around a few kids in my life. Who, maybe a funeral was coming up, and they'd never been to one, and I just never related because I'd, 
I'd been at funerals all of my life, but for there was something about that statement. One-fifth of the way to 80. That kind of stunned me standing in the middle of that pizza hut that day. And I became really aware of my mortality for some reason. It was not a great eye-opening moment. It was a terrifying eye-opening moment. And over the years, as I, would, uh, as I grew older, you know, you used to, they used to pass out these, you know, whenever they had a questionnaire, instead of sending them to you on the, the Internet, you'd, you'd get them and they'd have these little boxes. Are you under 20? And you could, oh, I liked it when I could check that box. I'm, I'm in the first box. I'm under 20. And then I passed that box, 20 or 21, and, and then I was in the second box. But there were still a lot of boxes up ahead. Remember that? Then you got to that over, over 30, and you started checking that. And then you got that 40, and you kind of, and then you get to that 50. And next thing you know, there's not too many boxes up there ahead of you. The boxes have been checked off. And when you're sitting down there, and you're 16, and you're looking at all those boxes, that's a lot of boxes. But let me tell you, if you're sitting in your 16, those boxes go flying by fast. They don't stop for any of us. And if we see death as the end, that's it. We exist for a little while, and it's over. That's, that's going to kind of dictate how we approach one way to approach life. The Bible sums it up in a couple of ways. It says, uh, you know, some people look at it and say, eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. It's over. That's the end. Bible talks about the fact that we are no more than a, a puff of existence, a vapor that appears for a short time, and then it vanishes away. Well, that's pretty sobering, isn't it? The reality for me, though, is I, I want my life to make sense in the face of reality. So I would, I would tell you, I, I think if, if I really believe this first one, I think my life would be a lot different. I love my kids. I love all the time I get with my kids. I wonder sometimes if I would bring kids into a world if I thought, all I'm going to do is give you a few hours of existence, the pain and suffering of this earth, and then you're going to be gone. That's just so hopeless. That's just so mean. My, I, I think my, my views on things like abortion and sexuality and drunkenness and aging and euthanasia and, uh, and selfishness, they, they, would, they, they would be radically different if I thought this is it. This is all we got. This is all there is. At the end of it, it's over. I mean, you, you only get once. So I, I don't have much of a problem when you really think about it, seeing why people who don't feel there's a God and don't feel there's an eternity, why they, they act the way they act. I mean, based on that, life is pretty meaningless, pretty hopeless, without purpose. The other option, though, is, is this. The other option is you can believe that there's life after death, what we call eternity. And this is just the preparation place for that. 
We're just getting ready for that day. Now, there are two options with this thought that are both based on justice and judgment. Here's the first one. Our eternity depends on what we do. If we are religious enough, if you pray enough, if you believe the right thing, if you get prayed for by the right person, if you take the right class and you're confirmed, you get to go to heaven or paradise or some other great place. If you're good enough, kind enough, nice enough, you know, if you're at the top end of the scale instead of the bottom end of the scale, we never quite know where that line is drawn. I mean, it's kind of between Mother Teresa and Hitler, I guess. You know, where's that line get drawn? How good do I have to be? I, I think I've got Hitler beat. I, I'm not so sure about Mother Teresa. How far up that scale do I have to go? Who sets the scale? How much do I have to do? If you're, or, or another option is this. If you're good enough, you just evolve into a higher existence. You know, you just get, maybe you come back and, Life's even better the next time, or if you don't, you come back and life's... That, that's kind of the basic concept that's out there in religions. What do you got to do? What do you got to do? Christianity, however, is not based on what you do. Christianity is based on done. What Jesus has done for you. See, Jesus' message was this, is that yes, you exist... And yes, there is an eternity, there is a heaven, and there is a hell, a place where you are separated from God for all eternity, place of suffering, place of punishment, place where all those who fall short of the glory of God spend their eternity. And yes, you will spend eternity in one or the other, and here's the bad news, the outcome is set against you. You've been born in sin. You've been born separated from God. And when you stand before God, you're going to be found wanting. However, that's exactly why Jesus came. He came to pay the price for us on the cross so that if you accept the gift of grace offered to you by Jesus, you get to stand before God with Jesus' covering over you instead of your own covering over you. That's good news, friend. Here's how the Bible puts it in Ephesians chapter 4. For by grace you have been saved through faith. Listen. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God. Not a result of works. So that no one can boast. There we have that word again, faith. We all, in some way, decide what we believe about these issues that we just talked about. Do we believe in eternal life or don't we? How, what do we believe about how we get eternal life? What do we believe about these things? See, I've known people who claim to be Christians, but have lived their lives with the foundation that there is as if there's nothing in this life. They say they believe. 
but they don't live like they believe. They've learned the right words to say. But there's really no faith in their life. It doesn't change the way they act or the way they talk or the way they respond in the world or their morality. We just saw a great example of it this week. If you've been watching the news this week, the, the country of Ireland, uh, known as the most Catholic country in the world, the most Catholic con- country in the world, just had an, a, a vote where they voted to take in their constitution, there's a ban on abortion, and they voted to take that out of their constitution so that abortion can be allowed in their country. Now, however you feel about any of that, that's a statement of faith. That's a statement about what you believe about what's right and wrong. That's a statement about what you believe about the creation of life itself. It's a statement that says, we want to believe, we want our beliefs to evolve with our desires. Instead of recognizing that faith is based on what God has revealed to us. Now, I've also known people who claim to be Christians who have lived life as if they had to earn their way into heaven and insisting that other people try to work their way into heaven too. I've heard ridiculous things that, you know, about the, how long a guy's hair could be to, you know, what kind of you know, dresses a person can wear or what kind of musical tastes are acceptable. All kinds of trivial things to really serious things. The bottom line is the word has to be our standard for faith and conduct. Faith is not blind. Faith is based on truth. But we've got to ask ourselves, what message can we put our faith in? What are we going to trust in? So, I, I want to give you just a couple of things today about this before we go, and, and as we just dive into the next four weeks talking about faith. Faith, the Bible says, comes to us, if we're paying attention at all, by observation. We look up, we see the world around us. If you're paying attention at all, you see the order of life, You see the irreducible complexity of creation. You see the great diversity of things. You see it's right in front of us, the protection or the perfection of order. And the Bible tells us that every person alive on the planet has this screaming voice of nature crying out to them that there must be a creator. That every man, whether they have a Bible or don't have a Bible, can look into nature itself and go, wait a second, this can't be an accident. This can't be something that just happened happened or something that just evolved. That in nature itself, looking at the order of the stars in the sky and the order of the universe around us tells us there's a God. There's a creator. And that faith in us, that 
message in us should stir us to want to know who he is. Faith, in this instance, faith, as we just read, is a gift. What happens in this moment and other moments is that God sparks faith within us. God witnesses to our heart that this is real. There's conviction, there's fear, there's awareness of God, there's a concern about eternity, and we know that we need to find some way to get right with God, and this is why all around the planet, people have come up with all kinds of different ways to try to get right with God. All kinds of works, all kinds of things to do, to do, to get right with God. And we also read, that real faith comes from the Word. Romans chapter 10 says, so faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the Word of Christ. See, the Word of God, when it's preached, when it's taught, will ring into our hearts the truth that there's a Creator and the truth about how to get right with Him. We will sense as we work and as we try, we will sense the futility of our efforts and we will see the need for a Savior. For someone to lift us up out of ourselves and to deliver us from who we are and to set us free in Him. As we receive the living and active Word, our hearts grow in faith. They grow in faith because first we see the wisdom of the Word. I've said this many times. Think about a world where everybody obeyed the Bible. Would it be a worse world or a better world? If everyone treated everybody the way the Bible tells us to treat everybody, if everybody walked in honesty and integrity the way the Bible tells us to, we can see the wisdom of the Word. But also, as we hear the Word, there's the revelation of the Word. The Word is living, the Bible is active, and when we hear it, it convicts us and it bears witness to our souls. This is what we want to explore through the month of June. What does faith do to us? How does faith change and form us? Because, friends, real faith is active. Faith means something. Faith, what I believe in, what I believe is right and wrong, what I believe about life itself, what I believe about death itself, what I believe about these things reveals the purpose of life to us. Now, listen. Our culture, the Christian culture in America... Uh, has simplified it, has simplified faith instead of thinking about the great implications of faith in Jesus. We, we've we've, we've, uh, uh, we've kind of melted it down and sifted it out to a couple of catchphrases that everybody can say and we can all go, amen, I'm saved by grace. And not weigh out the implication of what being saved by grace means. What faith in God means to the way I live my life every day. We have taken our, our culture 
And in many cases, the Christian church in America has Americanized faith into a faith-driven capitalism that has absolutely nothing to do with what Scripture teaches us and what Scripture would tell us. For many, faith is taught almost as if it's a, a spiritual mall that we get to go visit and get all we want and dream and desire. All we've got to do is say it and believe it, press the right spiritual button, and God's got to deliver for us. Instead of allowing faith to rewrite us, we want faith to come into us and make our life work as we want it to. We want God to come in and just kind of force all of our actions to work together and to come together and to fit together inside of his kingdom. Instead of wanting faith to heal us, we want faith to help us achieve our desires. Brothers and sisters, I want to tell you today, I, I, I love you deeply. I pray for you daily. I, you know, agape you. And I know one thing for sure that is best for you. One thing that is certain. What is best for, you, for every one of us is to live in faith towards God. What does that mean? To believe that he has the best for us. To believe that more than I know what's best for me, he knows what's best for me. To believe that more than I know how to react rightly, he knows how I should react rightly. More than being able to write my own values, I need to let him write the values because I can have faith in him. It's best for us to desire and to seek his will in every way and in everything to want his will. Not to try to say, God, here's my will, give it to me. But to be able to say, as Jesus, not my will, yours be done. What's your will for my life? What's your will for the way I live my life? I want your will to be done in my life, and I'm going to seek to know that, and I'm going to walk in faith pursuing your will. To allow faith in God to remake us in every way. Real faith does not bring God into our life. Real faith surrenders to God in every way. Real faith comes to the altar of, of Jesus and says, you've given your life for me. You've paid the price for me. You've shown your love for me. I'm not going to put my whole trust in you. What words do you and don't you want to have come out of my mouth? What what attitudes do you want me to possess and not possess? What way do you want me to see others around me? How do you want me to see people who are different from me? Every way of life, we begin to sit and say as people of faith, God, we want your way instead of our way. Today, you were uh, given this communion. and, and uh, Now, these, these little things are a little new to some of us. There are two tabs. If you go to that first one, you've got to separate the first clear one from the top. 
and, and pull it off first, that will get you to uh, the emblem of the bread. Today, as we take communion, we take communion. It touches, touches on faith. It says to us, we believe that Jesus, his body was broken for us so that we could become whole. We believe that his blood was shed for us so that we can become pure. We believe that God is active and wants to move in our life. And we, by taking communion, you're saying, you're my Savior, and you're my Lord, and I trust you more than I trust me. The Bible warns us about this. The Bible tells us, don't take this lightly, but consider your life. Consider whether your life is rightly submitted to the truth that Jesus is our Lord and our Savior. Consider and say, am I really living a living faith in Him? I'm going to ask you to stand with me. And, and before we pray and take that, I'm going to ask Dan to lead us in a song. And Friend, take this moment and say, God, speak to me. Is there some place in my life where I'm not living in faith towards you? Wholly submitted to you. Let's let the Lord speak to us before we partake of this. And then we'll pray and receive it together. Father, when we sing a song like this, by faith we believe you hear us. By faith we believe your spirit resonates with us. When we sing these words, Father, we sing in faith of what you've done for us and who you are to us. Father, I am so thankful today that joy is part of the fruit of your spirit. That, Father, relationships are a part of your kingdom. I'm so happy today, Lord, and so grateful today that it's not just dead, dry ritual and religion, but it's life in you. And we can have joy together and fun together and life together. But, Lord, we also know we're supposed to be serious about our faith about how it directs our life and how it leads our actions. And we know that Jesus paid the price so that we could be whole, so that we could do these things. And so today, Father, we hold this emblem in our hand as your Son taught us to. In remembrance that we are a part of his kingdom by your grace, by the gift of you, that you've given to us to have faith. And so we receive this today in Jesus' name, in faith. We receive it.
As we open the second part of this today, this, is a, this represents the blood that was shed on Calvary for you and for me. Shed to, cl to cleanse us, to set us free. And everyone who stands before God that this blood's been applied to their life, they're going to hear, welcome home, son. Welcome home, daughter. But it's important for you to take an act of your will and put faith in Jesus as he stirred in you. To ask him to be the Savior of your soul. If you haven't done that, you can do that right now. Right where you stand, right in this moment. You can ask Christ into your life. Father, you know the condition of every soul in this room. And those of us who have been believers for a long time come to this moment as a special moment every time we receive it. Remembering that it is by your blood that we have been cleansed, the blood of your Son. And we rejoice in that today. Now, Father, we receive this today in Jesus' name, but we pray that if there's someone here that before they even partake of it needs to put their faith in you, that right now, in this moment, would do that very thing. We receive this right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'm going to ask the prayer teams to come down to the front. and As they come down, we're going to sing a song and worship the Lord together. If you have a prayer and you need in your life, come down and let somebody pray with you before you go. And let's be a people who live by faith. Amen? Do you believe God? Then follow Him. Father, I thank you for this congregation. I pray this message would build strength in their life, awareness in their life, of how we are to live our lives. In the next weeks, I pray as we look at this issue of what faith says to us and how we should live our lives, that we would grow in our relationship with you. But let us be aware of your will for our lives each day this week. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have a prayer, come on down. We love you.